everybody, and welcome to Taking Control, the ADHD podcast on Rashpixel.fm. I'm Nikki Kinzer, and today is a very special episode. But before I tell you what it is, please head over to TakeControlADHD.com and get to know us a little bit better. You can listen to the show right there on the website or subscribe to our mailing list and get an email with the latest episode each week. Connect with us on Twitter or Facebook at Take Control ADHD. And if this show has ever touched you or helped you make a change in your life for the better, we invite you to consider supporting the show directly through Patreon. With a few dollars a month, you can help guarantee that we continue to grow the show, add new features, and invest more heavily in our community. Visit patreon.com slash the ADHD podcast to learn more. Hey, I think I did okay. You should do it all the time. That was really great. (laughs) You should really do it all the time. That's right. Awesome. Well, it is a special uh, episode today, and I have two very special guests today. I am interviewing the co-host of What's That Smell podcast. (laughs) Yay! So sometimes this is a sometimes funny podcast, but I have to say that the shows that I've listened to are pretty darn funny uh, about humans and their anxieties, which aren't always so funny. They're kind of weird sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, every week, these hosts each drag one of their deepest, darkest anxieties into the light to share it to learn about it and hopefully laugh about it with all of you. So those guests, those hosts, our guests on our show. And the host of What's That Smell is our very own Pete Wright. Welcome, Pete. Well, well thanks, Nikki. It's really great to be here. <laughs> Welcome to the ADHD podcast. I feel like podcast. I should have worn a different hat. I Maybe know. that would do it. <laughs> That's right. And his co-host, Tommy Metz Third. Hi, Tommy. Hi. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me. Oh, absolutely. I'm very excited to be interviewing both of you. Before we get started, make sure you listen to the very end of this episode because Pete and Tommy have given us a segment of their show to play for you. I want you to get a sense of their show and how they help us all to laugh at the sorts of anxieties that can really get the better of us if we're not careful. Plus, this is a sneak preview. The episode isn't scheduled to release until later in May. So last week, this is where the idea came. We had a show about being optimistic. And Pete actually brought up What's That Smell podcast a couple of different times in different areas around the topic and uh, talking about how optimism can help ease some of our anxieties. And I have anxiety myself, so I'm also in your club. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And uh, I know that many of our listeners do, too. So I thought this would be a great time to have you two on our show to talk about your show. What do you guys think? You ready for this? Well, it gives me great a great deal of anxiety, frankly. Right? I'm not I, I think the answer is categorically no. I'm not ready for right. this, but I'm excited to do it anyway. I'm really excited that Tommy's here cuz I could not do it alone. No. I also feel like you both are better lit than me. So <laughs> I don't so I'm already like not at a 10, but that's okay. Oh, you're at I a just 10. have this one creepy light <laughs> from the top that's making me look like the crypt keeper, but that's cool. Oh, it's Kaiser Soze. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> Fantastic. All right. Well, before we get started, I want to tell our audience who you are. And Pete, you know, our audience knows who you are, but maybe there's, you know, something in addition that you would like to add to our audience that maybe they don't know about you and this other podcast that you do. Mm, yikes. Uh, okay. Yes, there I do. Well, I do other podcasts. And uh, in 
I do uh, What's That Smell, the sometimes funny podcast about humans and their anxieties. been doing that now. We're about to wrap up our third season, which is very exciting. Uh, and, you know, for those who don't know, I, I also do uh, the Next Real Film podcast. And, and Tommy is a, a regular contributor uh, on that as well because of his uh, deep, deep insider uh, connections to the entertainment industry, <laughs> uh, which I can't wait for him to talk about. Uh, and, you know, so through Rashpixel.fm, you know, I run a, a number of, of other podcasts and Everybody knows that, you know, this is my favorite one. It's the ADHD oh. podcast. Everything else is, is just <laughs> slightly subservient to that. How does Tommy feel about that? I don't care for it. <laughs> I, I bet you don't. <laughs> I don't like it very much at all. No. no. <laughs> he says the same thing on every episode of ours. So it's okay. I'm sure. <laughs> slightly subservient yeah, I'm sure. every show. Well, Tommy, tell the audience a little bit about who you are. Uh, I live in Los Angeles with my dog, Foster. I am a filmmaker. I'm a writer-director. I moved out to Los Angeles in 98, and I've been making short films, and I just made my first feature, I guess, last year, uh, and that's it. How do you guys know each other? Mm. Oh, I made a really loud noise. That means I should say Yeah, something. you did. That yeah, was you, the you entree. Talk. Yeah. Yeah. We were you in a acapella group. Ladies, we were in an acapella group <laughs> in college at CU Boulder uh, called In the Buff because of the CU Buffaloes and acapella loves wordplay. Right. Okay. I did not realize that that was the connection. So at the end of yeah. this podcast, are you guys going to like sing? Absolutely. You know, oh. Uh, always, always and <laughs> every chance we get. But I did post uh, a while back the, the the group is still going on, and so the the current members actually uh, finally got around to posting the entire in the buff CD catalog into uh, uh, into to the all of the digital streaming services. So you can actually go find it, and you can hear Tommy's sweet sweet tones. <laughs> nice. Uh, he's he's amazing. Uh, and your songs were Tom. Uh, Southern Cross and Windmills, and then a yeah. bunch of just nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> so show up for Windmills, but stick around for the non <laughs> yeah. nonsense. Right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. All right. Okay. So I'm going to go back to What's That Smell, this this, this All right. podcast. Well, uh, tell us a little bit about it. How would you describe it? You know, who doesn't have anxiety? Uh, you know, and for, for I, I live with anxiety in addition to ADHD and uh, struggle with you know, uh, predominantly just sort of generalized anxiety and social anxiety and and uh, uh, really is sort of a potpourri of the specialized anxieties that that we talk about every week. And I was sitting in a, um, you know, in a, a conference some years back and I heard an I was a live show of another podcast that I love very, very much. And um, I uh, God, they said they told this story. The, the specific story was um, they were taking a question from an audience or a listener that said, you know, if, if who worked in a wedding shop, you know, like fittings for tuxedos and dresses and things. And uh, occasionally customers would come in and they would smell really good. How do you tell someone right. who smells good that they smell good when you're like a proprietor at a shop and without it looking really weird? Creepy. Like, how do you do that? Right. And the final, <laughs> final like laugh line, and they came up with their general advice was you can't, you can't, please don't open your mouth. It's going to be weird no matter what you do. And, good. And, <laughs> you, mm. Mm. And, and the final like laugh line line on that was uh, that that you just stand next to them as you're staring in the window and you just go, 
what's that smell? And I thought, oh my God, that is exactly my experience. That's still weird. It's horrible. And uh, I think I immediately thought about this podcast and there is no one else that I would rather talk about anxiety with than, uh, than Tommy. Oh. Wait. <laughs> I don't know if that's, that's sort of a mixed bag thing. Uh, yeah. yeah. Well, because actually one of our listeners, Tommy, has a specific question for you because oh. they say that Pete has explained where the idea for the podcast came from, but it's never been very clear why Tommy wanted to do What's That Smell? What made you want to explore the world of all things? Yikes, she says. It's still not clear why Tommy <laughs> said yes to this project. <laughs> Uh, I'm a really big fan of the email address. No, um, <laughs> that's for long time listeners. Good stuff. Um, the first and foremost, it was absolutely a chance to work with Pete. Uh, Pete and I, ever since college, we just knew that we were sort of kindred spirits in a lot of different ways and have always been looking for more and more ways to work together. So when he asked, he sort of said, I have a podcast idea for both of us. And I, if I didn't say it out loud in my head, I said, okay. And then he explained what it was. I don't know how much. Did you know that I really truck in anxiety, Pete? I can't remember. Leading up to this, or was it just? Yeah, a, you did. We've talked. Yeah, I don't remember. Yeah, I, we've talked about. Okay, that. yeah. Right. So then it was a perfect fit because um, over the last few years, I've really been trying to be more open about my anxiety. I kept it a secret for a very long time, and that really compounds it. And mm -hmm. so I was talking to people about, I mean, hopefully not incessantly, but like that I am going to therapy, that I was on medication, you know, just demystifying it and getting it out there. And what a great way to do it is mm -hmm. to do this sort of thing, because the biggest, one of the biggest points that the podcast tries to put forward is that you're not alone. And one of the ways to know you're not alone is to talk about it and to share in the community. So mm -hmm. I don't remember the original question. You got <laughs> How it. How long have I been talking? <laughs> <laughs> You're good. You're good. Okay, good. So the, the the podcast, obviously, you guys do a lot of research because it's very clear. You, you'll talk about a, a a particular anxiety. You're doing the research. Do you also offer strategies and ideas on how to deal with a particular anxiety? Or, or I, I mean, I know that talking about it and making sure people don't feel alone is a big part of that. But anything in addition that you actually, because we're a very how-to show, right? Pete, like we definitely talk about a lot of strategies. I'm just curious where you guys fall on that. Well, we, you know, we, it, it's a fine line because neither uh, Tommy and I are experts in anxiety insofar as we have, have it, it, right? right? <laughs> and we don't have all of it. Uh, you know, we have some of it. And so it's we're really working hard on having to, all of it. We're working on it. It's a collection that you build yes. over years. Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, we talk a lot about our experiences, but we really do try to offer some strategies for how you might consider thinking about different things. And, I, you know, there's one that is a great example for me that was in uh, one of our listener submissions that neither Tommy uh, nor I um, have. And we just record the show on it. It's coming out, oh. you know, late in season three, which is uh, a, a listener who wrote in saying, you know, I'm retiring on Friday and I'm terrified of it. Oh, and right. Tommy and I are not retiring soon. Right, uh, but right. also we kind of live a life of, of, you know, as if we've already retired. So it's, it's <laughs> glorious. We're 
pretty carefree. But but you know, it's that idea is to is to just dive into discussion boards and dive into research and and other you know therapy uh, resources, therapeutic resources that have that have talked about it, and just try to present a landscape uh, of information that might help a, a listener going through this to actually you know deal with it and to to maybe pivot the way they think about it mm-hmm. to try to uh, to come to terms with with it. So it's it, because it's terrifying. And that's that is, I think, and I, Tommy, I don't want to speak for you, but that's, I think, one of the things that we've gotten better at over the last three seasons is putting ourselves in the sort of frame of somebody living with a specific anxiety, even if it's not one that we have and, and trying to present a way forward just based on our love of laughing about our own anxieties. Well, that's one of the things that I really enjoy about the show, because I think that when you start talking about anxiety or things that you fear, it can easily take people into a dark place, right? It could easily take you there. But you guys don't do that. Uh, Every single episode I've listened to, I smile out loud. I laugh out loud. Um, It's, it's, it's very entertaining as long, along as being really informational, I have to ask, how do you do that? How do you take some of these like dark issues and make them feel lighter? I think uh, there is room to always laugh about everything. That a lot of your wor- the worries that we have or anxiety that we have is actually not necessary. It's just sort of these prisons that we're putting ourselves in. So it kind of feels like that's our job because mm-hmm. we don't want to just revel in it. But there's always something... I mean, thanks, Internet. There's always a way to find something weird or interesting about everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and even when it does get really dark, like Pete's Buried Alive episode, which I often reference as the least listened to episode, because I know a lot of people are like, great, I loved the first half, then click, because there was no way for us to make that. You know, it was just too foreboding of a right. topic. Yeah, right. So there was a question um, from the listeners about the research that you guys do. So how do you go about finding your research? Do you just Google it or do you have like an actual like go to anxiety, you know, informational place that you find this information? Have you heard of Bing? Hmm. Bing? (laughs) Kind of like Google? You go to to Bing and then you type in G-O-O-G-L-E dot com. (laughs) And then there you go. You know, I we don't actually talk about it because, you know, part of the premise of the show is that uh, we surprise each other each week. Like we okay, we that, yeah. we don't know what the other person is bringing to the table that week. And we have run into uh, uh, scenarios in the past where, you know, we've we've sort of collided and <laughs> we tried to kind of share one topic over both halves of the episode. And it just did not work and took hours <laughs> to just re-record the entire episode because it was just. It just didn't fly. I, you know, I have this this set of resources, the the Anxiety and Depression Association of America, Health and Human Services, um, you know, to look for research to sort of act as a a foundational um, kind of element for um, for what I bring to the show. And so there's a set of kind of base, you know, research oriented organizations and associations that 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 do that. But 
specific phobias is a major category of the stuff that we get questions on, right? And specific phobias are kind of hard sometimes to nail down because there's no like one master list that the diagnostic statistical manual actually only says, here are the big five kind of categories of specific phobias. And therapists are just kind of run into them, you know, <laughs> occasionally and might have to make up words for them. And so we end up with these funny uh, terms that, that are kind of fun to talk about. So it, it's hard to do research on some of the things that we that we run into. And so we, we just kind of do our best. But so, um, so I just want to be clear, because that was one of the questions that came up it, kind of the behind the scenes prep. So you two each come up with your own phobia or your own kind of anxiety and you guys, you have no idea what the other person's going to talk about, and you just start talking. Yes, and that was one of the. That was what uh, I mean. Now we're doing one. Per, one of us does a personal, and the other does a listener submission because uh, oh, okay. we've been getting enough of those. But yeah, that was always the idea that Pete pitched, and I loved it because I think that's what makes it sound like a conversation. Is and it's it actually does, yeah. a conversation. There's a lot right. of podcasts out there already where they're like, "That's a good point, Karen," and you're like, "They're not." <laughs> This is all Karen, written no, out. Karen didn't Karen. make a good point. Yeah. <laughs> and right, John right. also doesn't think that was a great point. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and so, I mean, the fact that we're we're honestly interested and engaged because we have no idea where wherever things are going. Yes. Well, and and Tommy, I mean, that's that's one of the things I just uh, that that made it such a natural fit. I think for Tommy, he's such an exceptional improviser compared to me that that being like being reactive and responsive to those kinds of conversations and being a, a generous kind of comedy writer himself makes it just kind of easy to have those conversations and make them make them feel natural and authentic. We go a, a long way to try to make them sound authentic, and um, he's mugging the camera now. <laughs> It's, Go on. it's really oh, no. hard to take. <laughs> I just hit the but microphone. See, that's what I enjoy. I think that's why I laugh so hard when I'm listening to you two. And Tommy, it is. It's these little like you, you don't even say much, but it's just the way you comment is hilarious. Like just you even that, at the Tom? beginning. You don't say much. Yeah. Well, no, it's just like I don't like that. Like it's just so plain. It's like, nope, I don't like it. Yeah. yeah, that doesn't work mm -hmm. for me. I remember you saying that at one of those, yeah. one of the episodes too. It just doesn't work for me. Uh, <laughs> we can just shorten it to subtle. nope. <laughs> yeah. Yes. That's yeah. great. So, um, okay, now you're getting listener uh, feedback, right? So now you're splitting the show or it's one of your anxieties and then mm -hmm. somebody else from, from the listener. So has there ever been a submission that you have gotten that you're like, oh, we just can't talk about this. Like, this is just so off limits that we can't do it. This is from a listener. This is a listener question from our show. So, so off limits, we can't yeah. do it. I don't know. Tom, have we ha had one of those? From a listener submission? Yeah. yeah. No. I mean, because we have, they're allowed to be as anonymous as they want to be. Mm -hmm. yeah. And we've used some fake names. We've just used anonymous. Uh, so I think that that frees up a lot of that. People are getting better, I think, at coming up with good, better fake anonymous profiles when they write us. They set us up pretty easily now. Right. <laughs> used to be just don't use my name. Now it's you can call me Bilbo of the Shire. You know, I mean, <laughs> that guy's so. a mess. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't think so. There are some that are still in the waiting pile only because we haven't found like an angle on it. Pete, Pete gets them all at the world's worst uh, email address and then just separates them unread 
and give some to me. And I have some that I just, I feel like I need some sort of a take or do I have a connection to it? And until I do, I don't want to force it. But I know that's not exactly undoable. I don't think I've had one where it's like, oh, can't touch that. I have those for myself. Mm -hmm. I have a couple anxieties in my own life that I'm not comfortable sharing, of course, Mm -hmm. because I'm not a sociopath. I think everyone would be like that. (laughs) Um, uh, So that's as far as I can go with that. There was there are some that where where like for example the one where Tom ran into roadkill immediately thought about eating it and then threw up on the street that may have been an example of one where he should have probably not talked about it right that's, that's the thing is I <laughs> I go too far the other way I actually just went to lunch with a friend who listens to the show and he asked um, so have you ever do you ever worry about putting this kind of stuff out there about yourself and I went well. And I realized that it never occurred to me. <laughs> to <laughs> Don't be worry about it. You and, just added another anxiety to my life. Thanks. Well, yeah. And then, like, I incessantly talk about how I don't trust technology. I don't trust the internet. I don't trust anything. And yet I'm on here being like, you ever looked at a squirrel and puked? So I don't, <laughs> I've got a real unfirm grasp about repercussions and all that. So a question for both of you guys. You have talked about a lot of anxieties. Do you feel like your anxiety level has decreased or increased by doing the show? <laughs> We've had some listeners tell us, like, write in and say thanks for the new anxiety. Right. Yeah, yeah. that's true. <laughs> that's the collateral damage that comes with our podcast. Yeah. I yeah, and the the easiest one for me to talk about it now is my is some of my health and heart issues because that's that is a repeat refrain on on this show and uh it, you know, I feel like I had done some of the primer work in past seasons just bringing it out there talking about here are the things I'm anxious about and then my dad had to go in for this bypass surgery uh, uh some weeks ago and and uh that was a, a traumatic sort of like I'm going to stand and stare in the face of all of my medical anxieties at once. And uh, it, it was it was grim, you know? I mean, it's a grim experience to have to do that. But honestly, I feel like, like the experience of talking about it on the show and then using the show as a platform to talk about that experience of having lived through it was enormously helpful for me. And, and it is, it defines, it, it was just a lucky chance to define the purpose of what's that smell for, for me personally. Like it was, it was a, a great opportunity to do that. Um, occasionally I'll run into this where Tommy will bring an anxiety that is important to him. And it's as if over the years of my life, I will have forgotten (laughs) that I was once anxious about that. And then I can't stop thinking about it. Then the the sort of obsessive compulsive like thought spiral will spring up. And now, oh, yeah, right. I forgot. That's it's like old home week for anxiety. Uh, you know, it's always and, fun because we can't see each other when we're recording. We can just hear each other. And I'll be like, so this is a weird one. Lakes. Have you ever been afraid? And you hear me go, uh. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> I think we, I think we hit on something. <laughs> he's got this yeah. pre-talking shiver that I'm like, okay, he's going to be able to relate. <laughs> when I got, we got a boat last year, and Ooh. I remember talking to Pete about our boat, and we were going to go out in the lake, and he's like, no, that doesn't sound like fun at all. <laughs> not even a little tiny bit. He's like, no, no, not for me. <laughs> That's great. So, okay. A question from a actually from a listener. How many anxieties have you explored on the show that developed into legitimate anxieties for you that you didn't have before? So it's kind of playing off of what you just said. Do you think it happens 
more often than not, or you can listen to Tommy's anxiety and be like, well, that doesn't bug me. Yeah. I, for me, it's either I either already lived with it mm-hmm. and like it's hand to glove or uh, I don't I don't deal with it. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't think I've ever had an anxiety on the show that has caused me to go into that obsessive thought spiral mode after we've finished the show. So you're not thinking about it at night. Yeah, not a new thing. Not a new thing. Not a new. I don't know. Tommy, is that, am I lying? I don't know what you do at night, Pete. Uh, But (laughs) as far as me, um, no, because even if that were to sort of start to happen, for me, the podcast itself sort of exercises, exorcises that. Because we already brought it out into the light and laughed about it and talked about it and Mm -hmm. acknowledge that we're not alone. And so it's already sort of done a lot of the work. My anxiety likes to live in the dark and to try to keep me in the dark with it. When I have a really bad anxiety, the very first thing that it always does, I personalize it. I know I shouldn't do that, but that it does is try to tell me, don't reach out for help Mm. because you're a weirdo and people are going to judge you and not like you. And so just stay here and figure it out under the covers. And that's not going to work at all. Uh, I don't have covers. So um, just the idea of talking it through really helps for me. Well, and I can imagine people listening to you, it helps them too. Because like you said at the very beginning, it's about not feeling alone and understanding that these thoughts happen. They're, these things are real. And uh, I, I think that's a great service in itself. Oh. So tell me, what lessons have you guys learned over these last several months? You started the, the podcast in February of 2018, I think I read or saw. Yeah, that, that, sounds, that, right? that sounds right. And you do seasons, right? How many mm-hmm. episodes are in each season? We do 12 episode seasons. Okay. So, so that's... We're, we're just wrapping our third season. Co- we've quite recorded, a few. Wrapping recording. Yeah. Season. Wrapping recording. That's All right. right. So yeah, what have you guys learned? I think I, for a lot of my life, I took anxiety too seriously. Anxiety is serious. And we're never trying to say anxiety is stupid, so get over yourself. Quite the opposite. We're saying anxiety has a ton of power over you, but it shouldn't. And one of the ways that you can release that hold or release its strength is drag it out to the light. How many times have I said drag it out to the light? <laughs> that is so hardwired in my brain. Uh, but is just to not hide it and just to come mm-hmm. out and say, you're not alone and we have this. And isn't this kind of silly? And then usually find like some person that has gone like way too far. You know, if we have any kind of anecdotes, we can find any of that. That's just such a good reminder for me. Yeah, I I, uh, I echo that certainly. And and it, it is, it's sort of a parallel path to the ADHD experience, right? That things started getting better once I started, once I acknowledged it, right? To myself that this is a thing that's real. I've had other people external to my own brain tell me this is a thing that's real for you and you need to live with this thing and figure out, you know, what those accommodations are going to look like. And um, that ADHD experience was transformative. And now it's been almost 20 years and I'm a different person, categorically a different person. And so the act for me of going through this with Tommy 
and putting the words to the things that I fear, putting the categories of anxiety to the thing, to the like home base where I live, you know, and, and being able to talk more authentically about the, particularly the social anxiety, the, the giving myself permission to explore that has been, um, that's been huge in, in my day to day. And, and so, you know, I, this, this podcast is very much a conduit for, um, you know, figuring out what 8 a.m. Monday morning is going to look like. And, mm-hmm. um, and, and so that's big. I, uh, and, and then, you know, we use the off season cause we start producing the show a couple months before the season goes live. And, uh, so, you know, we'll wrap recording, then we have another month or so of production to do. And so we only get kind of a three or four month break from each other and then we're back on it again. And that three or four months is like, it's like runway, you know, it's like you're trying to to test some of the things, some of the ways of thinking that you that at least for me that I've learned, uh, you know, over the last season. And, you know, how am I going to approach health stuff? How am I going to approach, you know, aphasia? How am I going to approach all these <laughs> things that live in my head, uh, you know, constantly and and give them less power? So what inspires you two to keep doing this? Well, I think it's that we haven't run out of anxieties yet. <laughs> oh, what happens when you do? <laughs> That's what, a good point. Just, what happens if you do? I mean, we did one of the reasons that we did start doing, I believe, Pete, listener submissions is to mm-hmm. give ourselves more time. I mean, at some point, we're going to be like, uh, that cup kind of makes me nervous. I mean, we're going to be sort of <laughs> grasping at straws. And we made right. a promise to each other not to force it. Yeah. Like if we're yeah. just good. out or if we don't have something, we just don't have something, the listener submissions are really helping with that. Yeah. Well, yeah. And the other piece was that we had this conversation after season one and started feeling that meta anxiety about this is a thing that's very public and it's out there. And we have just given the world each 12 anxieties that we live with about ourselves. Now they know something about us. <laughs> and that is a weird kind of power differential. Right. right. And there is part of us that we, we kind of said collectively, maybe we want to slow it down a little bit, right? And so starting to take listener submissions was a great way to to kind of help us ease the load. And it it really helps ease the load when people are willing to kind of be vulnerable and give us fodder for, for something else to talk about. And sometimes it's very serious. Uh, you know, sometimes I, we've, I, I don't know, we've, we've dealt with the kind of the, the spectrum of uh, anxieties. So. Well, I'm curious about that. Share with the audience some of the anxieties that you guys have covered. Oh, Tom, do you have your your top uh, top five list of favorite anxieties? <laughs> that just sounds weird, but yeah, yeah. go ahead, Tommy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> let's see. What have we talked about? We've talked about uh, bureaucracy, being buried alive, health problems, not knowing what to wear. All the food is killing you. Uh, yeah, food is killing you. That was been that was a that was a favorite. Um, you know, we've talked about issues around, uh, you know, social anxiety, but around, um, you know, sexuality and, mm-hmm. and gender roles and uh, coming to terms with what those things, you know, what what those concepts are and how do we how do you act as an ally? How do you kind of help reduce fear uh, in those kinds of relationships? When your boss takes you out uh, to dinner, do you have to help split the check? Yeah, yeah we, they, we did. Yeah, we totally <laughs> Which, did that. And that was hard. <laughs> so but what was, was the outcome? What was the decision? Do you or don't you? Don't go out to dinner with your boss. Just right. ever? Yeah. <laughs> ever. The at, at the end of every episode, we re- we just say, remember, don't leave your apartment. That's always, <laughs> that's always the big... Um, no, the answer to that one was uh, 
uh, be in a situation where, oh, it was what what should you order? Not what should you help pay? What should you oh. order? Mm-hmm. Order after your boss. And if your boss gets a side and a drink and a thing, then those are all free game. If not, if you can't do that, um, go ahead and order what you want, but then offer to pay for dessert at the end because they will mm-hmm. almost never take it because the boss wants to be the one, but then you get credit for it. Right, right. Yeah. Okay, so what about being afraid of the dark? Because we had a we listener, right, from our show that that uh, called in about being afraid of the dark. How did you guys uh, deal with that one? Pete, I'm specifically interested in about what you did well, with your hamper. <laughs> <laughs> Tell the ADHDers so out there what Pete did as a young child. <laughs> now, look, this is, I feel hijacked right now. <laughs> I this was a delightful uh, listener submission, and it was a very uh, young listener, uh, the child of a, of one of our ADHD listeners, and so cute. Um, so cute. Sent us an audio submission and uh, about being afraid of the dark and uh, afraid of the fire alarm at school because you never know when it's going to go off. And so we we sort of locked in on the the dark thing, and in the process of like thinking about this and researching it, I I was reintroduced to a story of my own youth where uh, I would do some weird, I don't know, sleep, sleep, walking, whatever. First, you go in and you take a big stick and you beat your closet before you go to bed. Always beat the closet, your clothes first, like just beat them up. And then my thing was, it gets rid of the monsters. At least it ensures you that you're not there. And then my thing was, is that I I deliriously got up in the middle of the night and I walked into my closet and I looked at the clothes hamper and then I peed on it. <laughs> and that's great. That was not <laughs> now, everybody. That was not now. That was two weeks ago. It was. Let's <laughs> <laughs> see. When did this air? Yeah, right. Uh, so. Ancient history. <laughs> It's funny. That's one of the things about this show, just how resonant these stories of our childhood become when they just they meet you headlong in the present. That's something that I've learned very much from the podcast. I'm going to go ahead and say is just how natural it is and unfortunate it is that things that you were afraid of way, way back in the day, like in childhood, some of those really stick around and you let them stick around because you're just sort of used to them. That's what right. I'm trying to work on yeah. is like identifying certain things as that is an old feeling. You had a purpose back then. You don't anymore. Goodbye. That mm-hmm. doesn't work necessarily. But that's just me like walking around the street saying goodbye to my old anxieties. <laughs> Weird. <laughs> Weird. <laughs> Drag it into the light. You're under arrest. Um, but yeah, that, that, that they always, you know, therapists and stuff always say, tell me about your childhood. It's true. <laughs> I mean, right. yeah. All right, you guys. Well, so if somebody from our podcast would like to listen to your podcast and maybe even submit their own anxiety for you guys to talk about, how would they do that? I'm not saying it. Tom, do you want to do it? I don't want to do it. Really? You do it. You should. You should probably do it. I'll. uh, Okay. so there are lots of ways to get to to reach us. Uh, You can find us on Facebook. We have a Facebook page. We have a uh, there's Twitter. The thing about me and Tom collectively is that we're terrible at social media, like genuinely terrible. And so we don't post a lot like we have some things that just sort of auto post when a show goes live, but we're not very good at interacting on it. And that's related probably to anxiety. Mm. So uh, we should we should lock that down. Write that down. 
but you can also email us just plain old email at something stinky at what's that smell dot net. Something stinky at what's that <laughs> smell dot net. Yeah. Okay. It I is, don't think you're I, gonna forget that. That was a I choice that was, was like, made. <laughs> Look, I was the lightest weight joke that I could possibly come up with something stinky at what's that smell dot. Now, this was before I had no idea that it would be such a trigger for Tom. And insofar as we tend to be very, fairly generous and gracious with one another, I can't do that on this. Like we are owning that email because this is nonsense, man. <laughs> I think there has not been an episode where I have not accidentally done some vocal tick of displeasure <laughs> of that email about that one choice that Pete made of the 900 things he does. I just sit here <laughs> like this, cover up my dog behind me. I do nothing for the show except my anxiety. And then I like, we have to get on the computer half an hour before we record. Cause Pete has to remind me how my computer works and how everything <laughs> works. And then he does one thing without me and I go, no, but I don't <laughs> care because I just hate it so much. I'm so sorry. But oh, I think you're no. right. Because that's so unfair of me, we have to keep it. Right. Oh, yeah. I must. Oh, yeah. I must be. It's like flat self-flagellation. <laughs> you must it, be put in your place. Exactly. It's a podcast marriage. Somebody has to compromise. And it <laughs> looks like it's you, Tommy. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I well, always go you. to bed angry. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Well, thank you both so much for being here. I appreciate it. I'm sure our listeners appreciate it. I don't have an ending because I'm so used to you doing it, Pete, that I forgot to actually add an ending to this podcast. So I think you need to do it anyway. Oh, even though oh you I, got it. I yeah. can I can take us out for sure. Okay. Thank you, everybody, for downloading and listening to this podcast about that other podcast. <laughs> uh, we sure appreciate your time and your attention. Uh, on behalf of Nikki Kinzer and Tommy Metz III, I'm Pete Wright. We'll catch you next time right here on Taking Control, the ADHD podcast. Pete, I have a red hot and shiny new listener submission this week. And I think it's going to be very relatable because it happens all the time. Are you ready? Oh, I'm very excited. All right. This comes to us from Anonymous. Quote, my anxiety is embarrassingly simple. It's being asked, quote, how are things? And the variations on how are you? What's new? Any good news? Especially among friends or acquaintances I only see or talk to occasionally. A Christmas party is a nightmare of anticipation. Write that down as another possible title for this podcast. <laughs> nightmare of anticipation. Sorry, I feel like if I don't have a great accomplishment, victory, or something positive to brag about, it's always disappointing. Of course, even more so on days things aren't going well. Trying to blow off the question, I will often answer with a jokey, living the dream, good, or nothing exciting. I am continually amazed how few people take the cue. Most just follow up with more specific questions. Dating anyone? Any acting jobs? Etc. Making it worse. I have been coached by friends to plan something in advance to talk about and even watch them apply this technique. But when I do it, I always feel like I am lying and it's super obvious. Very telltale heart. It's not that I don't want to talk to people, movies, sports, food, politics, pets, etc. Any of these topics just prefer to avoid the personal life review, which is somehow what how are things can feel like. End quote. First and foremost, thank you so much for submitting Anonymous. And I know for a fact that people will relate to this because more than one friend of mine has brought up this anxiety to me. And personally, I used to feel it a ton. Pete, how about you? How about you? Well, 
<laughs> I think you know my answer to this. When somebody says, how's things? I always say, crazy, crazy, crazy. <laughs> you just scream, I feel like I'm an imposter. And then just run out of the room. <laughs> this is, these are just the lessons that I've learned from this show. Yeah. Uh, I think it's a, it's a, a veritable cornucopia of potential responses <laughs> to this, this particular question. I do, uh, I used to have this same problem and I can't remember what it was that kind of turned me around. I think, I think it was when I, the, the first time somebody said, how's things? And I said, pretty crappy. Oh, like just answered honestly. And and it all I I realized that the world didn't end. Mm -hmm. And you know what else? The other person said, really, why? As if they were shocked into answering or, or into having a conversation. That's interesting. I mean, that gets into social media that we, we've yeah. talked about, that everyone is just sort of showing off a hit parade um, of of greatest hits. I mean, yeah, instead of right. actually getting really real about it. Yeah, it seems to just boil down to being uh, to a fear of being judged, uh, more yes. specifically being judged in comparison to others and or by what we currently are not. So why is it that you that you say that this is in the past for you? What's the difference? Well, I came at it head on and I figured out actually <laughs> I was taken aback a little bit reading this, uh, uh, reading the submission because when, uh, she or he says, I've been coached by friends to plan something in advance to talk about. That's what I do. <laughs> I noticed that I was feeling this more and more, especially because compared to a lot of my friends, I don't adult as hard, meaning I'm not married. I don't have kids. I live in an apartment. These things, I was looking down on myself for some of these things in comparison as my friends move into houses, have kids, get married in opposite order. And so <laughs> what I realized, I, it came from me trying to be really nice to myself. Um, okay. So do you want to talk about the basics idea first or just should we go right into what I do practically, what I do to this day? No, let's talk about the basics first. Give me the intro. Okay. Well, I found something interesting on a blog called Social Anxiety Shortcuts. Um, and I do like, I'm glad that Anonymous did say that they're, they don't seem to suffer from social anxiety in that they do want to go out and talk to people. It's just about these things. Um, anyways, this is what I found on the blog. When you fear someone is judging you, what you're really doing is judging yourself and the other person. So let me break that down. Number one, you assume you've done something or are something that is going to cause a negative judgment. That is a reflection of your own fears. But number two, you assume the other person feels the same way about that situation and will also judge you. This is a projection, back to projection, of your own thoughts onto someone else. So right. you're really doing the work of two people. <laughs> and, it's all, <laughs> and it's all based in just your own judgment of yourself. That's really interesting because it sort of begs the question, like, who are you talking to? Are you talking to the person who asked the question, really? Or are you just trying to figure out how you're going to talk to yourself? I think... I think you're really just sort of talking to a mirror because, yeah. I mean, as much as possible, I try to remember that the only one seeing such an unflattering spotlight on me is me. Right. And so I try to be kind to myself. And if I'm not going through the best time or feel like I'm not as successful as my other friends, that's okay. Everyone has times like that. And as mm -hmm. much as possible, I try and remember that other people's success isn't a comment on me or my overall worth and that they aren't judging me. Again, it's just really me judging myself. It can mm -hmm. be really hard sometimes, but it doesn't need to make social situations hard. Uh, now I can talk about the practicality of what I do. Yeah. I can see why saying living the dream or good produces follow-up questions because there's been nothing specific offered. 
Specific doesn't have to mean your life story or emotional pitfalls. And this isn't based on uh, research. This is just me talking. So question this. I don't want to (laughs) accidentally gaslight the internet with this dumb stuff. But what I figured out is that people, the right people, really don't care about my accomplishments. They just want me to be happy and feel a connection during the conversation. How I started dealing with it is when I was catching up, I would have an anecdote ready. Something interesting or funny happens at everyone's job and in everyone's life. So just sort of keep that in your back pocket because these people aren't looking for my life story just to check in. So if Mm -hmm. I'm not comfortable giving them a full uh, sum up, I would just tell the anecdote and then pivot the conversation right back to them because they probably just want to talk about themselves anyway. And so (laughs) if you can just sort of, I like, for instance, I would tell if someone said, how's work going? I would tell that story I just told in my regret and then pivot back to them. How are you? Yeah. Then that's fine. Then I don't have to go into the fact that if work is uh, a little light right now, or if I'm having some money troubles, they, unless I want to share that, there's no need to. I don't feel that that's what people are really looking for. I think it's a connection, something specific, and then a pivot. That's what I do if I'm feeling sort of a little down. This is this is where it gets confusing for me, because what everything that I'm I have in my head as you're talking about this is somebody who like I know and that, you know, maybe we haven't seen each other in a while. Maybe we see each other at a restaurant or at the bank or something who goes to a bank, the bank, maybe. (laughs) But what happens when and this is. You know, this is my experience when you go and you're like driving through a Starbucks and sometimes I just want the drink. Just hand me my drink and let's <laughs> and you can scan my phone and we can move on with our day. Like I don't need platitudes, but let's just say my drink is taking a little bit longer to steam or foam or whatever is mm. going on in, in the workshop. Yeah. They'll lean out the window and they'll scan. We'll do our little exchange. And then they'll say, so how's your day? (laughs) Then what? What do I don't? What What do you do? What's what's your natural response? Like, I usually say something like sun's still shining, you know, like as as if the alternative (laughs) is it's the end of the world. Right. (laughs) Well, I'm still breathing for now. Exactly. Such a morbid that is really morbid but it's always the first place i go is this like well it's either this or we're all dead (laughs) response which is terrible why i say good how's yours isn't that the the social contract man (laughs) wait do you really (laughs) you just made it sound so easy of course it is it's the the pivot started this anxiety and i thought no i got this one under control and now i'm feeling (laughs) really terrible that was you doing the work of five people (laughs) yeah i mean just remember that this conversation is for your benefit like you are the one, if someone asks you, it's so they can feel good about your guy's relationship. They can feel good about themselves for asking and to cover up that horrible silence that is always around us at all times, threatening to break our brains. And so, yeah, I just, I ideally, I just, for me, I'm not telling anonymous what to do. I can't tell anyone what to do. I just learned to relax and realize that it's not a angry question, how I choose to let it make me feel is a choice I'm making. And so I chose and it took a while. And again, I'm doing a little bit of work. Again, I'm saying that I have this story in my back pocket if I need it. 
Um, but if you're just sort of prepared like that, I think it's fine. And I'm being nice to myself in that I'm believing that it's not obvious of what I'm doing. I remember that's something that Anonymous said that she or he said that, uh, she or he feels it's really obvious if they're lying or just sort of moving yeah. the conversation along. I doubt it. I disagree. I don't think people are looking that hard. Wow. I need practice. <laughs> Like, you know, how's your day? Well, we're not living in our dystopian Mad Max future yet, right? Yeah. Like, So you're just driving around <laughs> bumming everybody out at coffee places? <laughs> Call me. Happy McDoodle Pants. 